This is a podcast taking place in Montreal, Canada, where I sit down with creative minds to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned in the city, and how we can make an impact. Y'all already know what it is. It's your boy, Anu Buds from Makeway Studios, and I'm here with Loki MTL. Let's get it. Prochaine station. Loki MTL. It was good. Like I feel like when you're busy, you always find time to do like more shit. Somehow it's like a weird. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's also the people you surround yourself with when you're busy. You know, sure. If you're busy, that means you're around people who are working. That's you true. Know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like even me, like when I went out to go do my trip mm-hmm. out in Kabul, uh, Chikumach. Yeah. Um, how was okay? I wanted to get to that. Uh, we could actually start with that. Like, fuck it, we just go for it. Whatever. Yeah, I just got back. Like, yeah. So, so I was there all of April uh, for a full month. Right, so you go there to teach music? Well, uh, it's not like a regular thing. This is the second year I've gone. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was to teach uh, a music program uh, on iPads. You know, the whole school had uh, iPads given to them. Oh, cool. Uh, it was all funded. And uh, where, in, where is this again? In Kabawachikamach, which, which is, is a uh, northern reservation. It's in northern Quebec. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a reservation near uh, Shefferville. Hmm. Um, okay. It's a fly-in only community. There's no, uh, there's no roads from Montreal to lead there, anywhere to lead there. Oh shit, um, it's a fly-in only? So is there like a... There's a train, a 14 hour okay. train from Setil, okay. which I wasn't uh, about to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they got me a, pl- a plane over from uh, Montreal. Okay, and are you landing in like a, in a legit airport or is it like a landing no. strip type of thing? Yeah, it's a landing strip with okay. like... That's pretty sick though. Like, like, like this place is probably bigger than like the <laughs> no airport, fucking way. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like Were you, you, come in, out? you come in there and like oh, the first time. Yeah, right. I mean when you come back, yeah, the first time is like, you know, like it's it's a charter plane, you know, so you're not really that high and it's you know, yeah, it's, a it's like the four seater planes there. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. very small. Um, and you have reception on the plane. You know, the first year I was going there, I was like, all right, I'm chilling, I'm texting and stuff on the plane. As soon as it lands gone no reception no one told me about that like now that it was a big deal you know like yeah. there's still wi-fi zones here and there so you're actually just like unplugged when you're there yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool too though, it's actually. amazing man yeah. when you live that lifestyle of just every day you know from the second you get up 8 a.m mm-hmm. people are calling it starts going 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 uh to have that break from it it's uh it's amazing yeah and like this year up. this year i knew about it so right away i gave my engineer uh Juliano, I gave him my phone. I'm like, yo, hold this down. I'm gonna take uh, just a random old phone that I had laying around that just catches uh, the Wi-Fi. Oh, okay, so you can still use Wi-Fi there. Yeah, but yeah. It's and just this year they got five. So okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say like it's probably cool to just unplug for a bit because like I heard like when you're super unplugged, that's when you get like super creative and you could like get back in touch with that creative yeah, side. For sure, for sure, and like even just like on the topic of like you know when you're busy, you still find work. Right, you know, yeah. like that. Me, like before I even landed there, I met the guy who was running the internet company out there, mm-hmm. and right away we started talking business. We started talking plans and like what we could be doing, like for the town and things like this. So it's like that's the that's right the, away. Like we were we were getting to business before yeah. we even landed in the town, and we're just me and him on a private plane heading there. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
great feeling, you know, uh, to just always be pushing next projects, always pushing. Right, it's, a, it's like a muscle do. in your brain, though. Like yeah. that's just always active because like, that's like I, I'm like that to to a certain extent. Like I always think of like like you, like you, there's some people that just always have ideas and like you gotta like write this shit down sometimes. For sure, for sure. And, like, there's never enough time to do all of them, but it, it is cool though. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely able to uh, put my mind to it and just being separated from the studio for a full month right. and to really just like. I feel like at the same time, you know, like I was helping out the kids there, I was doing a whole project, but like the same time for myself to have that kind of time to sit back and kind of just look at everything. Mm -hmm. I was really able to reflect and uh, just remember, you know, like how crazy my mind works on business sense. I mean, I'm not locked up in the studio working with somebody in a recording session. Mm -hmm. I was there and my mind was flying. I was like, damn. Yeah, let's get sure. back to it, you know. And I and I got those vibes like when I first started Makeway, like we're pushing, pushing, pushing. You know, when you mm -hmm. first start something, you go real hard. What exactly are you doing? Uh, so what are you teaching them on the iPad? So we got GarageBand on okay. all the iPads, and I was teaching them how to produce, structure, and write songs. So how old are these kids? It was uh, Sec One, Sec Two. Okay. Yeah. And it's just last year we had more of a range and okay. we were even able to do shows and stuff you know like they've never had like a hip-hop concert in their town right yeah, so yeah. for me to come out to the reservation and do that you know twice oh you guys do that yeah yeah so, yeah i came with a uh, a group um they live in montreal but they were born down there actually mm -hmm. uh violent ground okay. and we were able to just, just really tear it down out there you know they even speak their native language Nascapi. so when they were spitting some rhymes like that they were really able to relate with the people that's really cool do you um is there like other artists that came out of there that are like popping off in Montreal? that i know it's really just a violent ground okay i know it's very uh it's a very small community about uh, a thousand people right, right right around there yeah yeah it's kind of like kujuak i don't know if you know. yeah yeah because yeah. my friend uh like he does he has he had to get hours for his pilot license so like that's where they would like okay. do all the shit and you would tell me it's such a small community, like everybody knows each other. <laughs> of course, yeah. And even me, like I would be going, I would have lunch well, yeah. like, at the one restaurant. Right, right. You know, there was right. one restaurant, one grocery store, one death, you know, it's, mm -hmm. and there was no cases at all, you know. So everyone's pretty free out there. It was really nice. But for me, I would go down there, sit at a, uh, to have lunch, and a bunch of kids would come up to me, like, hey, you're back in town. Right, yeah. Are you exactly. doing another show this year? Da, 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 yeah. you know? And me, I stick out like a sore, sore thumb out there. Uh, do they all look have like a certain look to them it's uh it's like northern lifestyle you know big winter jackets you know it's right right no i'm saying like facial feature wise like are they like is it like there's a, a lot of distinguishable Quebec. there's a well within the native community for sure okay, okay. um but uh, a lot of there is uh, just quebec you know it's right, Quebec right. Is, you know that, yeah that's why it's kind of it's 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 interesting because like they're up north but like, yeah and it's just it's just these two towns that are separated really you know so there's shefferville and then there's a 10 minute drive where you go up to kawawachikomach and that's where the reservation is up there and okay, they, okay. they interact with each other all the time but um being a teacher not from the lands you have to stay in shefferville so all the teachers do the drive up every morning to go to the schools oh okay okay and is it it must be like crazy winter like there. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. This year was a little bit better. Last year I went it was in January, December. Like, okay. It was like the worst. We were hitting like minus sixty some nights. God damn. And like it was crazy. I went with a, a videographer from Montreal, also mm -hmm. uh, Carlos Guerra, mm -hmm. and uh, just us being able to be out there, both of us disconnected, both at like the top of our game. We were both like, yo, let's let's make the best of this. Let's really do something cool. And we ended up making a video showing the lands with drones. Uh, oh yeah. We went through the schools. We uh, we showed a lot of cool stuff, even That's the dope. shows that we did. 
Yeah, that's that's cool. I would definitely want to check that out because like, we give you like an idea of what this town looks like. Can you kind of see like the entire town with the drone footage? Yes. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very easily. Um, we couldn't fly the drone in Shefferville because the airport literally spans the whole town. Mm. Um, so there's nowhere, and you can't fly drones near airports right, right, from right, a certain right. distance. So yeah. There's literally no distance available in the whole town. Mm. And that's how small it is to give you an idea. It's really like it's like a four or five block like little radius. That goes oh wow! There. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very small. I learned it in like my first like couple of days. Mm -hmm. uh, just driving around, you know. Yeah, yeah, no direction spots. problems and shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get to like you. So you, you your name is Anubuds, yep. and you own a studio, right? Makeway Studios. Makeway Studios. Yes. Um, I've been to that studio. Super sick. Thank you. I love it. Um, where the I want to start with your name. Like, where did you get that name from, Anubuds? Because I feel like that's not your real name. <laughs> <laughs> no, my real name's Brandon Hecht. Um, okay. But Anu Buds came, you know, back in the day, mm -hmm. and still to the day. But back in the day when it was more prominent, you know, uh, just like, I was just on the smoker lifestyle, you know. Right, the buds. Um, you know, everyone knew me. I was always around. Uh, Code St. Luke, NDG. You know, these were these were the grounds. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and we we just started building a community of, uh, of musicians at the start. You know, it all started in Code St. Luke, where I would just uh, have my little gaming setup. Had my headphones and a microphone, and we cut the thumb off a glove and we put it on top of there as a pop filter. Mm. And right there, we started recording and stuff, you know. And right. that's how really we were like, okay, like yo, we got something here. We were just freestyling, we we're doing ourselves, and They're just for fun kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And it never even came to us like, yo, let's go to a professional studio. That was never a mindset that like anyone in my like team ever had, you know. Um, Especially had, in Montreal, like I feel like at that time you don't really think of a studio. And like you don't even know if it exists or not, you know. Yeah. Spaces yeah. for some reason, like we're just so like deprived of everything here. For it's, sure. It's like a sick city, though. Like it's such a weird situation. Yeah. And then there wasn't any like really like hip hop studios, especially. Yeah. You know? Like when like we look up studios and stuff. Like I remember like it's just like these like big places with some old dude that like doesn't know anything about your music. Right. You know? And he's like, like the only one, only source you have, so like you have no choice. Exactly. So we just started making our own movement. Or, our mm -hmm. own thing and that's where like make way came from it's just like we're pushing through we're not going to stop and you know we're doing this on our own grounds that's and, like, okay yeah and really what about the anu part is that just like so anu came in 2015 i started rapping probably around like 2010 11 mm -hmm. but in 2015 that's so so 2010 11 that's like the gaming setup rapping you're referring to or like, yeah pretty okay. much okay. yeah yeah and then like you know every year I started upgrading, you know, right, so right. Um, I moved out, I started running it out of my condo. Mm -hmm. um, then I started getting a little too hectic, you know, my neighbors thought I was drug dealing so I'd be having so many people in and out. Right, and like all these random people are showing it's getting, up to you know, It's shit. getting yeah. blazed up and shit, like yeah. the whole place is smoked out, you know, and uh, at some point you get to a level where, you know, you just want to separate your business from your house. Yeah, and it's key to have a location to actually go to as they can see it as a job. For sure. Yeah. So when I came to the point where I was having 10, 12 people in every day, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, we got to make a separation because not only is I need my privacy now, but I think there's enough business for me able to afford it. So I started renting out locations, you know, super small, uh, real, real small locations. And I was able to grow from that. I was actually sharing one with an already built studio. Okay. Uh, Horg, he was, um, on Saint Denis. Mm -hmm. That was the first studio outside of my house that I really rented out, you know? So I was like, yo, let me just try to bring my stuff to your setup. 
we'll do one day off, one day on. You know, so you'd bring, you're renting the space, but not, not the equipment? Exactly. Okay. I still had my microphone and my computer that I would be bringing in. Okay. So when we started doing that, great vibes, we had it, but I ran into the same problem. Every time it was my day to be there, there was a couple other companies around there and they'd be like, yo, this guy packs it up. There's all these people. They didn't like uh, it. Oh, they didn't like it? They didn't like okay, it. Okay, okay. Which, you know, well, well, oh, what yeah, do you yeah, want? Yeah. You, want, you don't want me to do well. The other guy, I guess he wasn't running as much business at that time. But are you, so was I it all in, in the same field of like music? Uh, <laughs> no, one was a tattoo store. Okay. And the other one was like this like porn editing company. <laughs> uh, sometimes we'd come in there to some wild scenes. Like Mind you know? Um, I don't know what their name was. They were some local company. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so and they that, were getting pissed? You no, know, everyone was getting pissed. We were just because we were flooding the spot. You right, know, right. Every single time it was my day. I had clients. I was working. And that was it, you know? But we would do uh, 12 hours a day, if not more. Mm -hmm. You know, we started in the morning. We end at night. And uh, eventually get to be too much. <laughs> I feel like it was only like a couple of months there, like three, four months before I was like, all right, I'm like popping out of control right now like mm -hmm. i really got to have my own spot i don't even need to be sharing this with this guy right right so uh, i ended up finding a spot across the bell center where the um the canadian tower buildings yeah, are now yeah so that used to be 1180 saint antoine okay and there was tons of jam rooms in there oh um, yeah okay oh yeah you walk in there you're getting the that's is that the like, same building that we work is in you know we, that it doesn't but it doesn't exist. It doesn't anymore. exist anymore. Oh, sure. Okay, the, okay. The, the Canadian buildings there that they have across the Bell Center. Oh, okay, okay. They replaced it with that. Okay. So there used to be like probably like a hundred jam rooms in there, just little spaces. You know, you walk through the hallways, you get five different scents of people smoking here and right, there. Right, and there. Right. You know, it's really like low key, anything goes type building. Mm -hmm. um, but I found a little room in there. And I already knew there was probably about like five like high end studios in that building that were really like doing a lot of business. How did you know this? Just, just through, you know, like, uh, I knew that when I was starting, people used to come to me to do their drafts and then they would finish it at these other studios. So mm -hmm. I was always like that secondary studio or just okay. that studio where like, I'm going to practice at. So you're you know? kind of getting like an in to like the industry now. And, exactly. Like, what's so, actually going on. Yeah. So I started learning who's doing what. And, mm -hmm. um, all I knew is that if I keep pushing the way I'm pushing, I'm going to take over, you know? So we had so many people coming in. We were getting people from every end of Montreal coming downtown to this location. And it was a box of a spot, you know, so, like it got hot in the summer. Okay. It was sweaty at times, you know, but we were having all the artists come through and, and, and it was popping. Yeah. And the booth was like, like no bigger than this little corner over that, here, yeah. you know, like it was small. And I remember one day, one of those big studios came up to me and he's like, Hey man, um, I'm moving out. I don't have any clearly that many clients anymore. I was wondering if you want to buy some of my gear. And I was like, huh, buy your gear. I'm not interested, but in my head, I'm like, I know who I'm going to call, call up the landlord that exact oh, night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what's up with this guy's room? Yeah. yeah. Cause uh, it was a pre-made studio, uh, 20 foot ceilings, wood booth. So you don't really do much. Huge spot. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything besides put my wires through these holes in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That's Connect my computer yeah. and I have a fully built studio. Big booth, big windows, big everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, let's get it. Um, so the dude that was renting it before you was the one who built all that out? Uh, I, maybe a couple people before. Okay, and it's okay. been like passed through a couple uh, companies. Okay. But I was like, I know that room. If I'm in there, it's over. And this was just as the beginning of Instagram too. So I was just starting my Instagram. Like Instagram just came out around right, there, right. 2013. Yeah, 2012, 2013. You yeah. know, I was getting into it and I was like, oh, now I really have something to post. Mm -hmm. And I feel 
Instagram was the biggest help. That's what I wanted to ask. Like, so what was your main growth? You think Instagram, Instagram? 100%. Uh, Especially you. if you were like in it in the beginning, in 2012, 2013. For sure. Uh, the amount of uh, automation you were able to run on these kind of things back Especially, then. And okay. the way that you were able to just really hit up everybody. Right, right. I was using Instagram and every tool that you can to reach out to as many people as possible mm -hmm. to be able to bring them all back to Makeway. So did you have the name Makeway at that time when you yeah, got this yeah. new place? Or was yeah, Makeway was uh, from the basement. I had that. Okay, running. okay, cool. Yeah, I was uh, studying at Recording Arts Canada mm -hmm. in 2012. That's when I graduated and started the uh, the business, incorporating it in everything. So did you always know that you wanted to do like Recording Arts Studio or did you like, like how, how did you know to like study it? You know what I mean? Like, um, I s The decision came to study it when we already had our group there was uh, Makeway and there was Dark Glory. Dark Glory, they had more of the video side of everything. And then there was Makeway, which was more the audio side. Right. And uh, I remember speaking to him. I was like, look, um, we could come together. We could really do something, have a multimedia studio. Mm. And the vibe on his side was like, well, look, if we want to be seen as something that's professional, we should be getting our degrees in these kind of things. True. Yeah. So to just give you that credibility. That's when I was wondering. I was like, about to make the big step. I was like, all right. I'm working at Subway right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, this ain't for me, you know? Like, I need to make that step. Yeah. This is, it's not you gotta gonna, go all so in. I'm not thing. gonna, you know, live my whole life making sandwiches here. Once I was able to actually put my full time, once I quit Subway, you know, I was already had a client base. I already so are you, used the programs. Are you already making, like, money from, uh, like, the studio time you're giving people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And is that, that's point. all self-taught? You just, like, learned how to... Producing. I learned how to do it. You know, we were using like little programs like Audacity. You know, if we had problems, we'd look up on YouTube. Eventually, we started right. learning about plugins and stuff like that. And and I say we, you know, it was usually always me like guiding everything with Makeway. But the team that I had around me, you know, we would always bounce ideas off of each other. It was really like a growth as like a whole. Right. Um, and we we really uh, having that kind of support system around us was yeah was finding like-minded people yeah. it's it's hard but like once you do like i feel like it's a lot of power for sure for sure i had amazing producers to start off with amazing rappers and it was just cool because you know we, we all started together and we all ended up still being at the top of our games to this day and mm -hmm. it's it's cool at least the ones who are still doing it you know i, I can't tell you how many artists i could see that started and stopped and never really reached the goals they were looking for mm -hmm. i mean it's it's, 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 it's hard to like figure out that balance of like being consistent and like also like having to survive you know what i mean like of course you know and that's why i feel like through seeing that i was like damn like artists really need a place to come together to do something where they're working with people they're comfortable working with and the work actually gets done right you know because so many times you see people are going they're spending their money with this guy this guy this guy they end up with either bad projects they never release or the work never even comes in and there's this whole issue and it blocks artists you know and when i'm able to get people to, and myself to do the work so efficiently it moves the scene yeah it really you're... helps uh, i remember when i was when I first got that big studio, um, I would have, uh, I remember uh, I've had K-Bands in and he was telling me, and it was just when he was just coming up, he was like, look, man, uh, I, I love the sound that I'm getting right now. I remember my old studio, I thought I was a bad artist because I would hear back my mixes and I'd be like, yo, this sounds like shit, right. oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, wow, now I know it's not me. 
you know, like, oh, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And the confidence came and like, this is a huge thing that I see in a lot of artists. Once they hear their voice mixed properly, recorded properly, and they could actually get a production out of it, they're like, damn, I'm like, it raises their, their, their confidence. They're like, oh, I'm actually a good artist. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big part of your song is the engineer and getting it mixed properly. So often you, you hear somebody and you're like, yo, this sounds like you're good, but like, can yeah. we hear? It, but there's something there and it, it's it's usually in the production and right so it's definitely like it was like a lack of resources right and yeah. uh, you're, and you're solving like, a problem exactly yeah. and then i would have a lot of people hitting me up saying look uh i need photos i need graphic designs and i'd be like i don't do that mm. and then it kept happening i'm like okay well business business buds started to kick in and i was like look well now we start to get a photographer here a graphic designer there and i started plugging in all these people where now i could start referring my clients to really get the full package and that's how make Wave started becoming where it is today right right so initially it was just like just recording just recording yeah so that you're you're you self-taught for the most part and then when you go to school like are you mastering those skills yeah, that so in Re Recording Arts Canada was like a one-year program, really okay. intensive. And yeah, from everything from acoustics to learning the DAWs, learning the programs, uh, they, they really helped me get the groundwork. But there's no school that's going to teach you how to work with, you know, 10 trap artists when they're banging behind your back, smoking, but you know, like, yeah. and you still got to keep like a professional thing and mixing. Yeah. Ain't no school ever going to teach you nothing like that. Mm. I was you know? actually, yeah, so I was wondering, do they teach you about, like, management and stuff, though? Like, I was like There hey. is, but well, yeah, at least back in 2012, uh, I don't think the school was as developed okay. as it is now, um, especially in, like, the how vocals are very prominent in recording. You know, I would say 99% of my clients come in just to record vocals. I have a huge booth that we could do bands, drums, everything, but it's, it's vocals. People right. come in alone with their their beat and they just want to sing or rap on top of it and that's like pretty much like the game these days yeah do you, do you think like the whole rap battle scene is gone now until like look uh, in montreal it's way different than it is in the states you know i'm um, in florida like you know there's still things popping there's still events popping you right. know and i think a big part of battle culture is having the group is having a lot of people yeah, the hype, here, yeah. the reaction, the the vibe, you yeah. know, when it's just two people yelling at each other and there's nothing going on, that's not for me. Hmm. You know, I like doing, I did three battles in 2019, 2020. In Montreal? Yeah, okay. at, uh, at Le Belmont. I did one against uh, Disciple, uh, another against Napalm Sean, and another against uh, Speeds. Okay. And all of them, they're in front of around, you know, 600 to 1,000 people. Yeah, there's a, the crowd, yeah, there's a crowd. There's a crowd. It's a show mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of around these Corona times, they wanted me to do one that was smaller. And I was like, I don't want to go to a barbershop with 20 people or something like that. That's not the vibe. I'll, I want that crowd. I want that you vibe. That I'm energy, an entertainer. Yeah. You know, I've opened up for so many people in Montreal throughout the years. Mm -hmm. I, I've grown to love that vibe. Uh, that's it's crazy. And, but I'll tell you, battling is unlike anything else because the difference between battling and just making music is you could win or lose in battling. Music, you'll just drop another song. Doesn't yeah. do that well, drop another song. Right. But no one will ever say you lost. There's no losing. Right, right, so that's right. why a lot of people are scared to go into that. Uh, me, I was like, look, I freestyle. I mess around with my friends all the time. You know, we freestyle battle each other. I was like, yo, like, this is pretty natural to me. I think I could do this. And Did you go see a show before actually performing it? 
Yeah, I've even judged battles okay. uh, before I went in. and. But I'm saying like the first, first time you did your rap battle, like were you already like versed in there? Like you already knew like the the event people and all this stuff? Yeah, like, for sure. Like I said, I, I've judged a couple of those battles before, before, okay, okay, before okay. going in. And I was like, I knew the crowd, I knew the people. Um, I was definitely very comfortable and I was in my element when I first did it. Some people saw my first battle, they're like, that's your first time. Because I really came at the guy, you know, we had t-shirts with his name on it, you know, with his face on it. It was around the time where Eminem did the, uh, the, Eight mile? the, the, no, the, uh, hit shot towards, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, right. Yeah. So he had like Machine Gun Kelly's in the, in the sniper shot yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, but with my opponent's face, we had okay, t-shirts, okay. we had 50 people or more wearing them. Did you guys film this? Yeah, yeah, it's all filmed. It's on okay. YouTube, uh, DMS Battle Ring, uh, okay. they hosted the event and, uh, it was, it was hilarious. You know, we really struck him you know and part of boxing part of battling you know is mm-hmm. psyching out your opponent a bit and i feel like we definitely got that done that night true like verbal boxing yeah it's really <laughs> for sure for sure and just the hype up towards it you know yeah really on that like the nerves you know, and like, all that like start you know start the shit online yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah i was drop shipping those t-shirts you know, <laughs> just doing the worst getting him pissed off you know and it really came down to it like he, he saw the energy i brought what about the audience in those crowds? Are they like super like brutal on you or are they like forgiving? Bro, if you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. You know, like he got like booed at parts. For sure. You okay, know, okay. like, like he good. choked. Like people aren't. People are just know, waiting for hot, you. come hot. You know, there's definitely in Montreal, it's. There's a lot of French uh, fans of hip hop. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely. Um, you know a little gap between like understanding sometimes but for the most part they get what's going on they catch the energy you know but uh there's a whole different vibes in the states you know i think for montreal battle culture may have lowered a little bit but i feel like uh you know if this whole lockdown thing if curfew whatever all goes away then there'll definitely be a spot for it to come back real strong just like we see url smack all these people they have like five thousand people in those venues there Mm. where is that in montreal no, like in Atlanta. Oh, right, yeah, in like the States. Florida, okay, okay. Yeah, in the States. They got all these. So you, you think there's still that demographic in Montreal that if you were to throw an event, there would be a crowd that comes? Well, the whole thing is if we're allowed to have an event with a crowd that comes. Right. but like that's I think if there is, 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, word up battles, they've, they've, they sell out Club Soda. No problem. You know, okay. it's really just the Corona thing that stopped everything. Yeah. We can't do shows. We can't do battles. Right, right. You know, and uh, that was the, you know, for anyone who's really trying to put their talent to the test, you know, you go into a battle ring against somebody, I don't care how good you think you are, you will get put to the test right there and you will know bar for bar if you're good or if you're not, and the crowd will let you know right away. Yeah, that, that always intrigued me, like, being able to just rap off the top of your head like that, like... It's not. It's, uh, it's, uh, everything is scripted. You know, it's, it's to, to an extent though, right? There's definitely like, well, me, not everyone does it. I'm a freestyler. So I would incorporate freestyle bars at the beginning of my rounds, you know, responding to some things that he would say. Okay. But for the most part, you know, you have about a month to uh, prepare three rounds. Um, for this league, they ask for a minute, 30 rounds. Okay. So you just time it out. You get your theatrics through, you get everything good. And like, okay, the rest okay. of it's like promo and just like how you hold it down when you're there. Right. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like, you know, Harry Mack who just, this guy is like, his, his main presence on Facebook yeah. which is super cool to that. I find that interesting with like the whole Facebook world right now. But do you know who I'm talking about, Harry Mack? 
He I basically so. he's on Omegle with people and yeah. then he tells yeah, he's him the guy to rafts in front of the yeah. Yeah, he, he says tells him to say like three words and then he like Yeah. So like that level of like free selling that was just always fucking crazy to me. I'm like, how do you fucking do that? I love that. That's how we've done for years, you know, and that's why I knew I was gonna be a very comfortable going to the battle scene. Right. Yeah, and just these two sides always balancing making and buds. That's always been the whole thing with me, you know, is where am I gonna go, which one's gonna do what? But I've always found no matter what, as long as I release a lot of music I keep doing my thing as buds it always goes right back over to make way you know uh, people see what i'm doing i influence people right, it's i all inspire connected. people when i drop battles I'll yeah get a bunch of calls the next day like yo we're coming to record i saw your battle like i'm yeah. feeling hyped They're inspired you know it's like everything just always plays off of each other i got a new spot for make way People come by, they're interested in the music I'm making now, what's the production looking like, and I've always been self, uh, self-recorded, self you know, I'll work with different producers, mm -hmm. but uh, I've always done my own production, my own music, my own engineering. So how much energy are you, like, how are you splitting the energy between Makeway and, like, your personal brand? It's a day-to-day, -day, you know, it's just a day-to-day, -day. I'm in it, um, whenever I have, whenever I'm not booked for the studio, I'm trying to work on Buds, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's just that, that mindset of let's go you know whatever there's time to do I'm is there playing. a certain time point in your I don't, life i don't really say like monday thursday fridays but right right you know it's, okay it's, it's not like scheduled there's no day yeah. to day it's just uh this is the music life everything i do usually relates back to either buds or makeway so mm. it's just about which one belongs in which boat was there a certain moment in your life where like that switch happened of like your work ethic and like just your focus yeah when i when i quit my job Okay. When I, when I quit, I was actually, my last job I was working at was Moore's. I uh, suited mm -hmm. up every day, clean shaved. Yeah, the suit shop? Not the vibe. At Fairview? Uh, no, downtown, oh, St. Catherine. Okay, okay. Just not the move. I didn't feel it. You know, I didn't feel myself. Mm -hmm. And a big part of this music game and like just feeling inspired is being able to be yourself at all times. And that's just not, that wasn't my vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, and just being in the studio, being able to do whatever I needed to do on my day to day. Like I didn't like having all these constraints and stuff like that. Like even now, like um, COVID. Well, I mean, no, with COVID, we respect everything. But I mean, like, you know, like when there's no lockdowns and stuff, we'll work as many hours as we right, need. Right. We'll leave the studio at time we need to. You know, it's a, it's not like, you know, you, you only work between these two hours. Right, so yeah. I need to go there and work on something because I'm inspired. I like the but feeling that I could go bust down. And that's the right thing. Now. That's like a different type of like, that's why I find it so key to like find that thing, which is so hard, right? Like finding that thing that you want to do for the rest of your life and you could like, you have no problem with it because you can spend hours and like it doesn't feel like hours because you just get into the zone and you just yeah. want to see the final product and you just keep pushing, you know? Uh, but like boy, when you're working and stuff, that does take away like energy and time that, a like, lot you know? a lot and that's why i said getting out to that reservation and really putting everything taking a step back and looking at everything it was amazing and yeah when i'm working in the studio with artists you know mm -hmm. that's that's like your whole day that's a huge chunk of your day and energy and time where the point where sometimes i'm done eight nine hours in the studio buzz doesn't really want to make music you know it's like yeah. ah, like that side i'm like i just want to get out of here right now you know, sure, yeah. Sometimes I'll come back later on in the night or something like that. I mean, recently with Corona and stuff, mm -hmm. but when those things aren't happening, you know, it's a back and forth. I even have a microphone set up, just a little microphone in my house whenever I'm feeling it. Okay. Yeah. So do you ever have like those impulsive, like, oh, I got bars right now, I got it. Every this. day. Okay. Every okay. day. You know, um, and I always say, you know, music, it also has its own muscle in your brain there. And mm -hmm. the more you freestyle, the more that you're doing music, the stronger that it gets. 
and that muscle gets weak when you stop you know so a lot of people when they come to me they're like oh, i haven't been to the booth in a year two years you know like i'm a little rusty it's a real thing you know so me just being always able to stay in music create and on the fly whenever i feel like that yeah. muscle right now is doing the biggest flex ever yeah exactly or like finding like a job within that industry and like being in that yeah for sure for sure for sure yeah i noticed that a lot with like like especially during COVID like that's when I really started ramping up like with the creative side of my all my shit and like what about you during COVID like did you do anything different have any realizations or anything uh COVID we definitely were able to build we, we had to we had to change up the way that we acted you know as every business did you know right. such as having, the the studio, Purell, having the Purell dispensers okay, yeah, having yeah, a yeah. cleaner coming in a little yeah. more often you know, really making sure all my engineers know to keep a certain level of like cleanliness around the studio. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody comes in, you don't want to even know that anyone else has ever been in that room before you. Mm -hmm. It has to look spotless, it has to look clean. And that's something that I've always taken, you know, with high priority because I've been into studios where there's a 40 here, there's blunt wraps there. And I'm like, yeah, it's just a mess. Man, what am I even doing here? You know, mm -hmm. like this is. It's just like a lack of respect vibe. for the craft, you know. Of course, like, and if you don't respect your business, nobody else will. Hundred percent, yeah. You know, and in the buildings that I've had in the past, and even in the one I have now, I've seen studios. They come in, they do their thing, and they their clients will treat the room how they treat the room. You yeah. know, and I see a lot of companies start and a lot of companies stop, and I've always tried to give the most information and advice as I can. But I mean, at the end of the day, you could only really do it yourself you know yeah. you can only that's only that's true yourself, exactly you know no one could really tell you how to live your life like mm -hmm. you got to tell yourself at the end of the day this is what i want to do and if you don't have that motivation that drive or at least the the vision to understand what your room looks like it's yeah it's nothing really anyone can do for you but yourself mm -hmm. yeah so, i mean uh, i've had these situations and, and it sucks man it sucks i've helped a lot of companies grow and just to see like teams start teams manipulate around you know they started with these five people and mm -hmm. now it's these three people and then they grow and then they, you know it's yeah i feel every, like this all company. relates back to like the whole like trying to find your crowd and like having people by your side that are going to inspire you to just keep going and like you don't have like that lack of hope where you're just like okay fuck it it's like I'm, i don't want to carry this whole team kind of thing you know of course but, you know yeah. i i had that point as well at some you know when i used to have five artists on the squad uh, it's just like, look, I'm the one who's pushing everything. I'm the one who's doing everything. I'm mm -hmm. almost begging you guys to believe in your dream. It's not, it's not fun. Yeah. You know, like, why do you want to push someone to do what they want to do? Right. Exactly. I know like, it's I not your do. responsibility. I'm doing this every day. Yeah. So what are we going to do? And you know, there was definitely a thing where back then we didn't have Spotify. We didn't have iTunes where you could literally get streams and see a number value for right, that stream right. that didn't exist. So it was always like, yo, how are we going to make this profitable? Yeah, like is so this that working? was a huge uh, right. thing that just I mean discouraged a lot of artists at the beginning. You know, it was all about getting signed to some label or doing good on YouTube, which was super rare. Um, yeah, that's. I feel like those are the wrong reasons though. But it's really hard. That's the thing. It's really hard, especially with music. Like, say you release a music video, like it's really hard not to look at the numbers, right? Of course. And also, you look at the numbers. You're like, hey, but how does this even relate to money? There was no yeah. way for an artist yeah. to even know how that this would happen back then. So when all these companies started coming out that let you have third-party distribution, changed the game. Mm -hmm. uh, now we're really able to see it. Uh, sucks that it came after I had that realization. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, uh, once it came down to it, that's where I really started just pushing myself and my artistry. And uh, 
been loving it, man. You know, just to be able to do what I want to do on the day to day, it's 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 been amazing. Yeah, it's it's blessed. It's blessed. Do you have uh, so the studio you have now is your third studio? My eleventh. Oh shit! <laughs> so okay, you, we were talking about the third studio. Yeah, right? we, we kind of did a little bouncing back and forth there, <laughs> but um, from uh, from Cote Saint Luke to my own spot mm. to the building on Saint Denis to the one on Saint Antoine to the second room in Saint Antoine. So as soon as you start, like, so, you know, and yeah, like, like there so was just so many spots, and there was a temporary location we had, then we. Got okay. A new building onto Leglise, and I had one, two, three spots in there. So that soon, like from the condo to like the first like separate location, that's when do you notice like your your work and like things starting to change? For sure, for sure. Every location was always an upgrade. It always looked nicer. I always had a better understanding on how to make the layout and how to get everything right, done right, properly. Right, right. You know, so now this building that I just started. It's with um, On Roll Records, Kyle, okay. and we've been doing amazing work there. You know, he has the top office floor, I have more of the bottom studio area, and we share a photo studio room. Do, do you guys own the building? We don't own the building okay. here, but the, the amount of renovations and stuff that we've done to it, like we're there for a long time. Okay, okay, sick. Yeah. Would yeah. you have plans of actually just buying the building? Eventually, for okay. sure. Um, we weren't sure at the beginning, you know, and there was like a fast move we were making, uh, so we just needed to look we need a location to go in we want to make it proper and there's no way that we're getting a little local in some building like we can't do that mm -hmm. i don't want you to have, have your own like separate you need to have 24 access and yeah. i don't want to have neighbors telling me anything or mm -hmm. a landlord telling me anything you know right Maybe what did the the building used to be because i remember seeing all these vault doors like everywhere. yeah so the building that i'm in right now used to be a bank oh um, okay makes yeah makes sense and i was looking at the design the whole bottom floor you know, there was two rooms. There was like this main little lobby room, and then there was this vault, where it's like a huge, big gold vault door and concrete walls, ceiling, mm -hmm. and floor. And I was like, damn. And I'm like, you could like legit lock yourself in there. That would be dope to have this, the entrance to the studio. Mm -hmm. So I started building, I uh, laid down the green tape on the floor to kind of mark out where I'd put walls and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I went uh, hours and hours of changing it up until I finally found a good design. and. And we went with it mm. and everything in that studio from the lights on the ceiling to the wavy wood ceilings i designed everything okay yeah i haven't and gone inside i just saw the doors and yeah, i've had i've had amazing construction workers uh really put together my whole vision okay and, so uh, you designed all of that yeah okay it was just empty concrete room when we came there okay so where did you get those design ideas from just just out of there, you know, it's based of them, on like the studios you've been in, in the past. And stuff um, like that. One of them, though, the wavy wood ceiling was from a studio in the old building okay. um, on St. Catherine. I saw that they had something like that. So I, I made my own design of it and okay. kind of stretched it out longer. Do you draw? And, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, the the LED strips, I was just, just figuring out cool things. I'm like, I don't know, a circle. I would draw with a marker on the ceiling and I'd do all these circles and lines and I'd figure out how to do it. He'd give me a little advice on like what's realistic. Right, right, right. And we, we, we went back and forth and we were able to get these like, these floating squares, these circle things. And like, it's all really clean where you don't see the LEDs, they're all tucked in. It's inside, yeah, yeah. And it's purposeful because it soundproofs the room. Yeah, for sure. It's just yeah. having non-parallel um, walls is always right. the best for any room. Okay. So, you know, uh, especially with the ceiling waving like that and yeah. our ceiling just being uneven. And yeah, she's just like, they so all play a small walls. purpose for sure, but like just to make it look clean at the same time, that's always been something I've always valued because 
like I said, you respect your place. So with your clients, yeah. I have clients that come in my room sometimes and they say, oh, do I have to take off my shoes? That's blessed. Yeah, you exactly. Know? That's the, that's, that's the respect. And I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. You know, right. this, is, this is our room. You and, know? but that's what I mean. Like that's the vibe you create by having space like that. Like yeah. it's just people are going to naturally just respect it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that I find super cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about, um, so like, so now you have this, your own spot here and like, did you have any situations where um, like something crazy happened in the studio where you had like kind of like imposter syndrome and you're like, okay, I can't believe this is happening right now? Uh, imposter, what do you mean by imposter like syndrome? Imposter syndrome where you're like, you're almost in a sense of like, like, is this happening for real? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't I, believe I've never is... been too phased by anything in the studio, okay. um, but I've definitely, like there's been tons of funny moments, tons of crazy things happening. Mm -hmm. I mean more of those surreal moments happen when you're with like celebrities when i was with riff raff in the studio right and like I, you know 2012 13 you know these are the years where he was popping that's you know? what i mean like are, are so you i grew up when i started doing music and this guy is in my studio now in front of me making tracks i was like fuck I'm like this is fucking crazy this is this is right. nuts it's he's it's him you know yeah and uh so that's what you know, we mean. The whole so like, team, there was like probably like 30 people in the studio at the time, you mm -hmm. know, and he's just literally recording, making line for line. And it, it was, it was a pretty turned up session. This guy, you know, I'll spare the details, but you, if you know the guy, you know the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean. So in these moments, right? Like, are you having these realizations of like, like, fuck, like, I, I just did this and like, now I can do this. You know what I mean? Well, like, the cool thing is after these sessions and after every, almost every session I have with someone that's, you know, uh, more of a celebrity or mm -hmm. you know because we don't get this really in montreal montreal's such a small town where no one's living here like that's you know a list or even b list you know yeah i mean we so have like Kitronada, some, i guess of like, course you know um but, but that's what i mean it's all new it's like happening right now yeah you know? when when we're talking about you know these guys that come from the states they come into town to do a show mm -hmm. and they leave real quick you know so while they're in town for that show if by chance they need to record something that's the only time where our music community could really see them getting involved with us mm -hmm. rather just being like hey montreal how you doing peace out yeah. so it's when they come to the studios that's when you know sometimes a local artist will come in get to meet them you know there's an interaction that happens yeah the network bridge that builds you know mm -hmm. when Mano came in he did a couple features and it's these kind of things that really help bridge montreal to these bigger cities and i always let them know it's super appreciated you know like we need these kind of things mm -hmm. we need artists like you to be doing more in our towns than just shows right right so at the end of these sessions what i always ask them is you know you've been around the world you've been to all sorts of studios what do you think you know how do i compare mm -hmm. and all of them say the same thing i'm speechless i don't have nothing to say you i didn't have to tell you anything you knew exactly what to do it was it was good Right, and right. that's what kind of an artist wants, you know, they don't want to be crouched over somebody telling them every move to do, every line to cut, everything yeah. you know, you have to understand. And that's why every artist, I mean, every engineer is an artist at Makeway. It's because you have to have that mindset to know, kind of, you know, you got to push in a little bit to know, like, is that a good line, is it a bad line? I know what your potential is. I know you could do better than right. that. Right, and you've been I'll on the other side, so like you could kind of go inside of his head and see what he... What he's yeah. feeling inside you know? every every engineer has been on the other side and that's so important to know what it feels like to be in the booth to know what's awkward what makes an artist feel pissed off when they're in the booth if i'm sitting there and you're working and i don't know what's going on and i'm just there's no music going on i'm in a bad mood 
-hmm. You know, that's why when I have an artist in the booth, it's always moving, it's always clapping. I'm not trying to figure out something while he's in there. I'll figure it out later when he comes out. Right, right, right. now, it's all the focus is on the artist because he's trying to record, he's in that vibe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all recordings start with the source. So if you could get the source to be performing the best that it can be, you're going to end out with a better product. The source, what do you mean by that? Uh, the artist you know the right. source of the guitar let's say or your vocals you know like that's the source of the sound oh, right 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 so you know you have the guitar tuned yeah of course you could do the effects to tune it after but if that guitar is tuned and ready to go and it's warmed up and you're nice the source of your sound is going to be amazing you know so right. if you always start good from the top you know your end product should line up right right it's that like flow of creativity and like having everything just set up for sure yeah do you find montreal is lacking anything like Look, I've, I heard engineers are lacking here, which is, like, there's not as many as any other city. For sure. Um, I would say we're lacking on platforms. Okay. You know, having really reputable platforms that can help artists out, mm -hmm. um, that aren't, you know, production-based. Right. Things, you know, like these interviews, like Loki MTL, you know, places uh, like all these radio stations that come around. It's super important to have these kind of guys because this is what showcases our artists. Right. So we need a like media probably, yeah. for our, our rap culture, for our hip hop culture out here. Mm -hmm. When you look at the States, there's Hot 95. This, this is what's bringing, what constantly mean. bringing up artists. Yeah. Why, why do you like feel, well, like, why do you think there's such a lack of that here? Um, do you think it's like the language it's barrier? It's population, um, it's a language barrier. Mm -hmm. um, you know what gets put to the front in music you know um if you I, I when i go to florida i have a big relation in florida i go there my whole life i've always been traveling and recently right, yeah even same thing you're telling me about yeah that. when when i start going there when i'm like 18 and stuff that's when i really start going there for music and mm -hmm. and learning about the studios out there and i met an artist called star fox and we really started connecting and ever since back then he's always been riding for makeway and it's been an amazing connection to always have an insight of what's going on down there. That's why we've always kept tight. Um, so what he, he tells me, he's like, look, uh, Trippy Red, this guy's a household name out here. Mm. And I was like, he didn't say out here, he just said it's a household name. I was like, no, I don't think anyone would agree. What? He's huge, great artist. Montreal is no way any hip hop artist besides Drake or like Nicki Minaj is a household name. Right, right. But that's when I started to realize, I'm like, why does he think this? Or why are these kind of ideas getting flown around? Is because of the radio stations, because of how much these names get played out there, because of their actual the community. Content. Yeah. If he, if, you know, if these guys came down to Montreal, they'd be like, yo, where's the, where's the hip hop channel? You know, I mean, oh, you gotta wait till 1 a.m. <laughs> and then, you know, they play something for like two, three hours. You know, it's yeah. like, that's, that's the extent of our hip hop scene out here for yeah. the radios. Uh, you go there all day, there's 10, 20 stations that you could pop on and you're hearing the newest artists, you're hearing what's going on. Yeah. Unless you got satellite radio where now it's starting to kind of flow over. Right, this right. Is where but I even like then, like, it's so... It's never going to be prominent. It's rare that people are actually paying for Sirius XM and shit like that here, you know? Like, it's yeah. always straight, like, phone to Bluetooth, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um That's so true. Like, there's such a lack of Radio space plays here. a huge part and we've you never... Even today? hundred percent hundred percent and it's it's what gives you the general idea of what the music is like in a certain town you know and if it's being played that means it's being requested that means there's more of a community but that's what i mean it's it. i feel like the community aspect where you just said community is so key and like that's what you got to build because like that's what we're lacking here like we need to fucking build the community and now with like the youtube space and shit 
we have access to like an international audience and like how I see it is like even if Montreal's population is not that crazy mm-hmm. around like neighboring cities they're still going to be interested in Montreal stuff they do like whenever someone visits Toronto they always stop by Montreal right and this is known to be like a party city so like I feel like it's just a lack of like these types of content and like visuals like like for you example for example if you have a on your youtube channel if you have like a guy vlogging the behind the scenes of what's happening in the studio like that's fucking entertaining i would definitely watch that shit you know for sure so it's just a lack of like like documenting shit you know it's it's wild you know and it's 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 just where we're at right now and it's the interest into the hip-hop community as well Mm -hmm. you know and as these things grows as there's people like you know uh the main source, uh, DMS doing these battle events or Word Up doing these things, you know, this is what helps the hip hop community grow. But at the end of the day, the more platforms that we have for artists, the more that are, you know, that get recognized, you know, and I understand this year I've seen the most I've ever seen in my whole career come up. I think it's very important. I think this is what's going to really change. I hope in the next coming years that all these guys that started out you know, through, uh, through Corona right? and stuff, they yeah. grow and they actually get to a, a place where they're reaching for you know, sure. Yeah. And a wider audience, you know, because uh, we need the bridge as much as possible. Yeah, that's exactly. I agree. And I feel like the more content you have and the more like sharing of like cross pollination of audience. Of course, like, I'll give you stuff. an example. I, um, when was it? it was maybe three years ago. I dropped myself in Atlanta with my producer. Mm off just off the basis we had two people there who wanted to make beats with us or record didn't really have much but once we announced that we were going there now we had seven people who wanted to come work with us so what we did is we went to the most expensive studio and we rented the cheapest room (laughs) so we could just be in the vibe Mm -hmm. and we're like all right we're gonna rent like six hours every day for like 10 days like let's go Mm -hmm. you know so by the third day we started getting recognized by the people who own the studio right and then by you know the fourth fifth day we started having a lot of people start coming in we were working we we're networking and there was just some point where the owner of the studio said hey man like yo little dirk's in the next studio just doing like a listening party like you're you're welcome to like go sick yeah we're like whoa like there's this kind of networking happening around here where like this guy's just happens to be in the same studio as us like mm-hmm. this is huge people well you, you know? guys are also going to like the best studio right yeah but you know, you go to the best studio in Montreal, you could be here for years, you're never going to see anybody. That's true, yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's these kind of vibes. You go out there, people pop in your studio. You know, you go to studios in LA, there is this random interaction fact that you'll never get in Montreal. And sometimes these opportunities is what really just helps music scenes pop off and people interact with different people just because they're in the studio together. For sure, yeah. Like, so you're, you're saying like the main part of networking would be like in the studio. For sure, it's where the best uh, networking always goes down. I've mm-hmm. brought together so many different people you would never think uh, because they always see the studio as a safe place. Right. And this is the one where everyone, you know, we're all here to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I've never been worried about clients and stuff like this. I have friends telling me, like, oh, you really like those people? Like, da 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 da. I'm like, dude, we're all here to get away from whatever we're doing out there. Yeah. No one's coming to the studio trying to start shit. It's not the place for it. Yeah, you know, this is where we're gonna get out of that lifestyle. We're gonna get out of all this. Mm-hmm. So I've never felt uh, uncomfortable. I've never had a situation with an artist, you know, who they tried to do shady stuff, you know, like rob me or stuff. I never right, had right. any of that. I've always felt 100% safe with everybody I've worked with. Okay. Yeah. Um, like you as a, as an artist, and especially you're always involved in a studio, right? So like your style must be 
like super diverse because you're just hearing so many different things yeah for sure for Dude. sure I, well i started off when there wasn't really like auto-tune going on and mm -hmm. stuff so it was just raw vocals freestyling and getting it down do you have like a certain style or do you are you still like open to like whatever i'm open, yeah, I'm open to everything okay yeah. okay uh, from the auto-tune vibes to like just the raw vibes and mixing them up mm -hmm. and even going into the battle like yeah, yeah just yeah. like I, I really live for this music thing and anything that like involves with it to showcase the talent to express myself you know that music has been amazing um, even this trip I did to Kaua, mm -hmm. um there was a company called Elan that uh, helped uh, fund the trip because they wanted to do research on how music could help your mental health you know and how we could help you cope with certain things rather than go towards other destructive paths mm -hmm. so we were able to see you know there was some times where kids they would there would be an interaction between them where one of them would get frustrated and you could tell that he was the, the first instinct you know is to get aggressive but then they they hold it back and they put on the headphones and they go to the ipad and like i've seen this happen like twice out there where they're like <laughs> no just uh, you know go in the music and they yeah, start yeah, doing yeah. that and to me that's like a breakthrough moment where i'm like wow like they've actually taken in more than just the lessons of how to make beats but they're actually using this now as uh an outlet to, right, right. to you know to guide their anger their frustrations and to me that's oh that's so they're not they're not like being they're not getting frustrated from like what they're making or no no they get frustrated with like another student they get oh, into a little like fight or okay, something okay. instead of like you know going to hit the kid or whatever yeah. throw something back just going a piece to the of paper they would go into their the iPads iPad, and right. go into their work right. and uh, you know i've had things like this happen on after school programs they don't even have to be there and it was just amazing to see the kind of uh participation we were getting mm -hmm. yeah it was very nice so did this company hit you guys up and they're like oh we want to do this uh uh, yeah, um, I was working with uh, Tina Viber, and she was um, in a school out in Montreal here. She had kids come by for a program to show them about the studio, how, you know, you don't have to be that guy in a suit to be successful. Right. You can be yourself to be successful, and you can find a, a job in the arts field. Mm -hmm. They are payable. You know, so when I was able to show them the tour of the studio, there's photo studios, there's actually people whose job is photography and they do this on a living, you know, right, right. for kids to see this. I was never taught this in school. I never knew there was things to do other than, you know, you hear doctor, lawyer, working at some fucking spot, you mm -hmm. know. Did you have parents that were like, uh, where are you from? What's your background? Uh, I'm from Cote St. Luke. Okay, but are you like... Uh, my mom's Moroccan. Okay. And uh, my dad, three generations, been in Montreal. Okay um jewish on both sides okay okay so uh definitely uh we had a just a, a cool upbringing through uh code st luke and stuff right, um, right. my That's parents were been separated ever since i was a kid okay um but you know, did they like like guy like doctor lawyer type shit did, did my they sister became a doctor okay but my mom definitely was no doctor um mm -hmm. she was uh she owned a bridal company okay when i was young my dad owned a uh uh, formware company okay sick. so you're getting insight into like business oh yeah you know, but it was kind of weird and i kind of realized recently i'm like how come y'all never gave me no game <laughs> you know as i grew up but i'm like because they didn't have those companies as i got older you know right, like, right. i was like four or five yeah. both those went down they separated and like my dad he lived with his parents till i was like 18 my mom ended up going deeper and deeper into the cold st luke and stuff like that okay and it was just this whole thing and when i started getting like 18 i was like yo like didn't you own a company when like we were kids yeah. didn't you own it? like yo 
like financial okay, how do you see me doing all this <laughs> like you don't have no like accounting advice input like yeah, this, yeah, you yeah. Know? so i always i always make it a thing you know for all the engineers all the artists i work with i always try to give them game because nobody had given me that when i was coming up mm -hmm. and it, it was just hard to really figure out like am i a small business now or am i grown like when did when did i make the switch to just being a small business to like some stupid in-house everything like this yeah, like yeah. big like industry guy you know it's like where, where did this switch happen mm -hmm. you know because like i just came out the basement you know especially like when i got that building it was like this whole middle ground vibe and okay now we're doing a lot more business like an accountant i guess like mm -hmm. it, you just have to learn you know and there, there's no there's no things in school for this uh, my parents didn't give me game on that and you just also, the, sometimes the you indies. make mistakes. Sometimes you get these letters in the mail that you have to address and you figure it out. You know, taxes. <laughs> but, oh, geez, this blue letter. You know, yeah. And you figure it out and you get through it. And uh, that's really how I did it. And it just happened real fast. When I went from that place in 1180 uh, St. Antoine, that little studio there, to mm -hmm. a full building where I'm renting out locals to six people and just Studio A, Studio B, a photo room, a radio room. I was like, okay, like. Guess we're not a small company anymore, you know. And I guess yeah. I gotta, gotta start getting things in line. And that's when, like, you know, you put on your big boy pants and you figure out the game, and you gotta take a couple steps away to really analyze again. Yeah, yeah. It's you're basically a media company, like it's multimedia now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I always started, and usually we are, our main pull is through audio. Mm -hmm. But once they learn about everything that we could offer them, they're like, why go anywhere else? You know, if everybody else works the way that you do. I get my work done here, I get it back the same day, or not even the same day, you get it back at the end of your session, you're going home listening to your song in your car. Right. People love that. Yeah, especially, that's the thing, right? Because you're full-time in this now. Like, when you're doing this part-time, that's when, like, deadlines are getting pushed and, like, your oh, motivation yeah. is... I, I never liked it. having that whole thing where it's like, look, if you're going to work with me or my team, like, whatever we do, it gets done the same day or you're going to have it the next day. But usually right. it's like, when we sit with you, we do it, then we hit the computers right after mm. and we get it exported we get it to you because it's hard to move especially when you're you know, I'm waiting on this guy it's going to take a month waiting on this guy you know and it's, it's mm. demotivating for an artist to be waiting on people and to try to make your thing move they don't have managers half these people don't have uh, a team or anything they're just self-supported they yeah. have a job and they're trying to follow what they want to do so why give more blocks and more problems this is something that's already really hard right. there's no information about really how to be an artist you know he, he really got to go off yeah of, there's you know, no like limb a lot like there's no like there's a lot of examples there's a lot of yeah uh, anomalies there's you know, no like physical like physical blueprint that you have you know for sure you just got to find there's no recipe there's good moves, right. you know uh, you got to find what works for you. And from my experience, every every artist works completely different in the studio. Mm -hmm. From guys like Riff Raff, who literally record one bar at a time, to guys oh, yeah? like Mano, who write everything in their head and they can spit the whole song consistently a hundred times, will always be the exact same. That's it's amazing. Everyone has their own way of doing it, and you got to work with it. And if you, as an engineer, if you don't understand how to mold and to adapt to people, then you know, you're gonna have time connecting. Right, and it's there's a lot of decision-making skills involved too, right? Like, when in your case, like if you, are you more like gut feeling based or are you kind of just like weighing out the- If I know the artist and I know their capabilities, mm -hmm. you know, um, it usually takes like one session to know where an artist is at. 
um, that's when I'll start really getting involved with them, especially if they want it. Sometimes I'll just say something to an artist, they're like, I know what I'm doing. Mm. No problem. But then there's some people who like, I'll say something to them and they're like, oh wow, okay. And they have that moment of realization and they're like, okay, I'll fix that or this and that. But if I see you're at a certain level of rapping and you rap offbeat, you know, I know if you're good or if you're bad, you know, I know if it's worth saying something, you know, so I know some people are like, yo, you're offbeat, man, you gotta fix that up. Like, I know you could do better than that. Mm -hmm. I've heard you spit that better before. Matter of fact, you were out here in this room, you spit that to me, it doesn't sound like anything that you're doing in there right now. So sometimes giving that motivation, yeah, that so you have to push, give that you know? Right, 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 right. What would you rather have like a, like a, an artist that's not really serious about his craft and, but he's like super talented or would you have, would you rather have an artist that's just like consistent, like always on Consistency. Because at the end of the day, if you don't want it, you're, it's a waste of talent. Right. You know, I could, I could pop out 20 artists right now that are amazing that don't have any work flow they don't have any drive for this game mm -hmm. but some of the dirtiest artists will be unheard and that's like one of the worst facts of this game i know it's, it's the, crazy. The, the craziest artist the mm -hmm. illest penmanship like, i've heard some guys man, but they don't want to do it it's just not realistic to their lifestyle so why push someone that doesn't want to do that true you know if they don't want to do it like it goes back to what i said you know you can't tell somebody what to do they gotta want it right right yeah you know and it's in the game when you're an artist as well if you don't want it man like it's just not worth it mm -hmm. you know if you're moving just because people are saying you know when's your tape dropping or when's this mm -hmm. you're so good and that's your only motivation to do music music's not for you yeah. you know you gotta want to do this and you know regardless of what i hear or say people say about the music they like you know whether they're bigging me up or they're not feeling it or whatever i always want to make music that's just it you know and that's why i was just trying different avenues from the battles to to just doing tracks and videos and stuff it's it's mm -hmm. amazing that the best feeling is after a battle when everyone's going wild and stuff and you take the guy's money <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a yeah. crazy feeling you know it's like because there was no time in music where i've ever won because there is no winning. There's music. no, yeah, exactly. It's like a long process. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, there is like a, just that moment where just like, bam, three judges, they said you won, you know? Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> so like for, as for like success though, as a musician, like, yeah, there's no winning, right? So like, when would you know that you're like successful as a musician? Or do you even care about that? Well, I mean, whether or not you care about it, there's always like a limit where, you know, you're seeing success from your music. Um, right, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I don't, but I would love to, if I were to see money come in anyway, I would mm -hmm. love it to be primarily from my artistry. Okay. Right now, my artistry fuels my business. So I'm still at the point where, you know, we're still growing as artists. I'm still growing artists under me and mm -hmm. I'm still helping, you know, almost like 80% of the city figure out their music as well. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to just uh, actually growing and everything, like me as an artist right now, every time I release music, it brings a whole bunch of people back to the make way. So in a term, like it's, it's it all plays hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But I guess when, you know, when you start seeing uh, that, that interaction that you want, everyone has a different meaning of what success is, but True. You know, when you when you see those numbers come into a point where you don't really have to be working, when the music, those Spotify streams and your features and everything that you're doing uh, that makes you money as an artist is outweighing your job, mm. I feel like that's where, you know, as an artist, it starts to become a career. And once you make anything a career, that's how you can even start to say you're successful. Right. Yeah. Um, why did you choose to stay in Montreal versus just leave to like another city? 
Um, I'm rooted here, man. You know, I love Montreal. There's a lot of culture, but um, it's also it's, it's super difficult. It's extremely hard to leave. I have tried um, dabbling around in Florida, opening up a studio there, but it's a very hard game. It was just pre-corona. We we're about to make the big move to actually announce like a studio out there, and Corona hit right away. It was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were able to pull back before it got too too serious. Mm -hmm. And I was also doing the exact same time when I was moving over my studio from Verdun to uh, Park Avenue where we're at now. Right, right. Everything was happening at the same time. It was just growing time, so I feel good that I pulled back just in time before this whole pandemic hit. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like after, I definitely will start looking into uh, locations into Florida. That's always been the Okay, the so dream. like COVID didn't really change your mind on that? No, I mean, I, no, not at all. But um, I definitely know that, you know, Montreal at where it's at right now, it's not a hundred percent fit for the for an artist, you know, to to thrive mm -hmm. to his full potential. You know, there's just not enough platforms out here for an English artist, at least. Yeah, um, we see a lot of the French, the French people definitely have. But you I mean you go to Florida, they've never heard of a French artist before. That's the thing, right? You know, like there's there's a demographic for it. Just you know, don't get me wrong. You could definitely pop. You could definitely make your money. You know, I've I've worked with Enima. Same thing when he started out just trying to figure it out, how to do the right voices and stuff. And now look at him, you know, he's, he's, he's doing all these things. He's, mm -hmm. I would say he's a successful artist. Right, he's right. definitely made that his main source of, of, of income and everything. Right. You know? But the language barrier, that's the thing. Like English is internationally understood. So like, it just makes sense, even though, yeah, we're Montreal, Quebec, French, whatever. I feel like it's really important to have like that English platform or platforms mm -hmm. and we need to showcase that because there's an untapped audience that we could get from around the world that are going to be interested in Montreal, like the scene, the culture, you know, all yeah. that. It's just, there's literally laws that prevents, you know, like radio stations from being able to play yeah fully english music or fully english you know so it's like at least we've got like youtube though right so 100 percent. we have platforms that's why we need people to right. use these platforms prominently you know that aren't just artists but are more of like interviews or you know culture-based uh, platforms like mm -hmm. that uh, but yeah it's super super hard for an artist to to pop off uh, mm -hmm. the english scene you know, that's why you see so many people getting picked up in Atlanta and stuff or in, in New York or Florida is because, you know, you're at the studio and the next dude's in the next room. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. even if you have the money out here, there's not really that many things to spend it on that mm -hmm. are going to get you to that next level. And I've seen people spend thousands on thousands out here, whereas if they would have done that same kind of promotion in the States, it would have brought them a lot further. And at the same time, this is all things that get seen by people back home. You bring able to do the things properly to bridge things back to Montreal. You're going to be doing more for the community out here than ever. Mm -hmm. and that's why every time an artist comes by my studio, I let them know, you know, how important it is and like what it really does for our scene. You know, you coming out to our studio rather than just coming to the show and dipping. Mm -hmm. This really helps us out. Yeah. And I noticed with you too, you really represent Montreal and like the city. And like it's sometimes rappers don't really, even if they come from Montreal, they're not really bragging about their city, you know what I mean? Because like Montreal just seems like that low-key, like it's not really anything to brag about, I guess, in the music space. To a extent, you know, a lot of people. Uh, well, I know like the EDM, like the electronic culture here is fucking crazy. Like we're internationally known. I think we're in like the top twelve of international EDM spots. So like right because of our festivals, obviously. Our festivals and even just like all our underground like raves and shit that go on here. 
Um, and like I, I'm thinking of doing like live sets and stuff this summer. And I wanna I wanna start like a, another branch called Loki Labs. Nice. And I'm gonna start doing. We were actually gonna do one on the 29th. That's gonna be the first like test run. See how it goes. But I wanna eventually do like events and shit too, because like that's what I want. I wanted to build that community. For and sure. For I sure. feel like we all, we could all like hop on each other's thing and like help each other out and like build that network. I'm always down for these kind of things. You know, there was a couple that were happening post, uh, I mean, pre-COVID and stuff. Uh, right. Where there was just ciphers going on. You know, you go, there's a bunch of musicians, there's a bunch of artists, and everyone's just freestyling, playing music. Mm -hmm. And these kind of things were the best vibes. Um, this is definitely what Montreal needs. And it's definitely going to help bring a lot more people together. Right. Um, like the UK scene too, like Link Up TV, uh, Daily Duppy, like all these like YouTube channels are what like showcase that grime scene you know mm -hmm. and like like I love that shit like I listen to that thing all the time and it, it also changes like our influence like we, we could easily have our own sound too with mixing English and French there's like so many opportunities and options you know mm -hmm. yeah it's just uh it's where you want to go with it and what's going to really break the market you know mm -hmm. we've had we've seen a lot of success with Loud he's been one of the uh, more prominent artists to mix the English and French scene up uh, he sold out Bell Center like two nights in a right. row or something, you know, like that kind of stuff. That's amazing for Montreal. We've mm -hmm. never had artists really do things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely a cool, a cool vibe like that. But I, I've always been aimed more towards the English industry, and I feel like if I want to take Make Way to the next level or take Anu Buzz to the next level, it's going to be going out to the states and getting out to the bigger industry. Um, what I always, always, always put a lot of emphasis on that I build the bridge. No matter who I meet, no matter what I do, I let them know where I'm from. I let them know about the studio that we got going on back home. Mm -hmm. And I tried it by any means to get them back. Like when I was in Atlanta, I was walking out that studio one day and the guy's like, hey, hey, hold up, hold up. Before you go, I want you to meet somebody. And I was like, who's that? And I was, this guy, Sean Payne. He's a Gucci man engineer, engineer for Young Thug. Mm -hmm. That starts naming all. I looked at his Instagram. I was like, fuck, okay, mm -hmm. so this guy's into some shit. He meets us, he's like, oh, you them Canadian boys? They <laughs> were like, yeah. He's like, come in my studio. So now we go from the smallest studio to the biggest studio, SSL board, the fucking 60-inch TV playing news. It's just like <laughs> unnecessary things in the room, you know? Yeah. It's just huge. Um, and we're playing our beats for this guy, you know? And he's like, oh, it's nice, man. We really appreciate it. Where are you from? And tell him we're from Montreal. We do this thing, da, 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 the studio. And I told him, uh, you know, I actually uh, have a good relationship with uh, Recording Arts Canada back home, which is the school that I graduated from. Mm -hmm. It would be amazing to have somebody like you come back and give a talk. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I was actually talking already in talks with the one in Toronto. If you could hook me up something in Montreal, I'll do that too. And it, is, yeah, exactly. it ended up happening. He came by Montreal. He did a uh, class with him. That's awesome. Him, like how engineering is yeah. like on like a fast level right and it's these kind of things that we need we need to bring these people back mm -hmm. home whenever we meet them out there because yeah you know you could do well for yourself like you could grab these opportunities all for yourself but if you bring it back home it's going to bring so much more of an impact for not only yourself but for the whole city right and like you said like toronto is like not toronto's popping off right now right so like we have people stopping by there anyways you just got to add another stop and like Everything's sure, like from there. You know, I've worked with young Tori in the studio. He mm -hmm. came by from Montreal a couple times actually by the studio. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff helps out a ton, a ton. You know, when artists are doing tracks with him, he's doing music videos in my studio. Like, he's a great guy. You know, the first time he's a bit quiet, second time opened up more. Right, he's right. really like trying to talk and do shows in Montreal and stuff like that. So it's, it's really cool, really meeting people and seeing what their vibe is like, how they are in person. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different vibe. What about Honorable Records though? What's your affiliation with them and what do they do? So Honorable Records, uh, it's a local record label. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple artists signed to them, Baby Rose, Mike the Rapper, mm-hmm. uh, Story. And uh, these are all people also that I've started with it. Like, you know, when I was working on my way in music, like, these guys are always around me too. Right. So it's cool that they're also signed on his label because mm-hmm. these are people that I'm comfortable working with. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the whole upstairs floor and uh it's just a big open office you know we're there pretty much every day working with artists working on new projects uh, recently he's been doing the live shows where we'll take uh take the whole office down set up curtains set up a whole stage do a nice thing is that where like the there's like a, the honor a cypher life. yeah there, i saw like on roll records had like cyphers too it was it was live shows it was like that it was, oh okay so it, it just wasn't branded as cyphers okay. but it was, it was more as like live sets right, right, happening right, right. Uh, we would have them for about like two hours and mm. we'd have a bunch of artists come in acoustic artists singers r&b i did one of them too mm. and uh it's just great because we were able to take our production take what people were doing that we've seen and enhance it because you know you see a lot of times it's not really done properly or people seem awkward or things like that I'm like how mm. do we make this good so we got everything from um lights that you would see at venues we got those big venue lights we got mm. smoke machines we got all of our nice cameras together right so it's not being done on iphones and things like this yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, we created a show and kyle he's just amazing at putting all these things together mm. getting the team and having that extra person to to bounce off of like he's he's been great uh never really found anybody where i could really uh relate to like that mm. and uh, it, it's great to have somebody like-minded in the business because uh if you're clashing with somebody all the time it's just not gonna work yeah yeah for sure you know we each have our own company we each have our own thing but we're, we're so tight in the music game it's mm. like everything works together so uh yeah you come by makeway you'll definitely see on a roll mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i'm down to stop by again just to actually properly check out the place and i do like uh like behind the scenes like vlogging and stuff like on a personal youtube channel which sure. i don't really like share I just, yeah, i'm just well, kind of if you ever want to come by the studio we do jam sessions i have multiple times a week i'm in there doing personal music i'll book out the studio just so i could have my time with a producer or whoever that i'm trying to network with mm. yeah i would definitely be down to check it out and like actually see the vibe you know and see experience sure. it um, and being able to use the studio um starting up you know i was always using the studio as like a tool to grow my artistry so mm. i used to when i got that big studio you know i was coming from a little box and mm-hmm. this guy left the room. I had this whole built studio. I was like, yo, I'm going to start using this to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And I started having people um, like uh, promoters that were doing the big shows. Hey, come to my studio. I want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. You know, so now I'm like this like 17, 18 year old kid behind this whole, mm-hmm. no behind this whole studio, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was, it, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, appearance helps when you're trying to get sure. your point across, yeah. you know? But it, the appearance also what I was doing. the appearance also relates to like who you are as a person too because like like you said you keep everything clean so you're representing you on like a different level yeah so this is you know I'm showcasing now like the business side of myself mm-hmm. to these promoters saying look this is what I'm trying to do as an artist do you think we could work out something here mm-hmm. and I was able to strike deals with all these people to the point where I was opening up for all the shows I was getting all the the nice opportunities when famous people were in town. I was the go-to studio when they were in town, if they were looking, right. they would know to mention Makeway as the spot, mm-hmm. you know? And um, every time someone famous came or something like that, it was always by a call to me. 
Uh, I, never, really, I never had contacts to reach out to anybody. Right. You know, I'd hear about a show, so I would just be on the alert to see if a foreign number is calling. Mm. You know, I'd be sitting there, someone from LA, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you know, it's someone's manager, and yeah. then book the session, they ask, oh, are you uh, free uh, t tonight? Tonight, and you know, every day I'm booked. I'm looking at like a full schedule. I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, 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 we're free, we're free. And calling people, yeah, I'll figure this out, know? yeah. Uh, giving people deals, we're sorry, we'll, we'll hook you up your next session for free or like whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, make it work, you know, and when there's certain opportunities, you have to prioritize. Mm -hmm. um, so these little things, like I say, they help out so much for not only the company, but for the city to show that, you know, there is a culture here. It's not just a, a random town that has nothing going on. Right. Yeah, I feel like if you had a podcast, in like in studio because you have like the perfect location for it and like people like that come into town it's like such a perfect situation you just have yeah. to sit down and talk for a bit you know for sure um a lot of people don't like to always um showcase what goes on behind closed doors okay you know for for their own reasons right. but what do you um, mean like like uh well you know uh, not all artists want to have a cameraman while they're in the studio doing whatever right no i'm saying like um but like a podcast, to have the man come in after um we've had mad child when he came in to record right after he came to our makeway radio room he right an interview with us right so there's some guys that love doing things like that there's some guys that are like yo get the cameras out of my face you know okay, like okay. i'm at my creating time right now okay okay you know take the cameras when i'm on stage but like this is yeah you gotta respect that for sure you know so it's like whatever the artists want to do to get into their zone mm -hmm. you know they don't always want that showcase mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah because it was just like and that's the big thing that i always value you know in the studio is privacy you know no one's ever came to a session with me and there's dudes in the corner chilling it's like you yeah. don't want there to be anyone. It's private. You gotta be. You want to be comfortable. That's when you could be the most free, right? And mm -hmm. that's where like the good shit comes out. Hell yeah! Ever since I did start Makeway, it was always to do something more than just a recording studio. It was to really make it like a hub where artists could come, do everything from A to Z. And this is where we really made ourselves different from all these other studios, especially having our engineers, including myself, being artists. Mm -hmm. We understand what the artist is going through in the booth. We understand what they're thinking. And, you know, when your art, when your music is, you know, created by artists at the same time, they understand everything, the little intonations in your voice, the things that just a regular engineer wouldn't hear because you're they're just listening for technical things. Yeah. But there's sometimes that extra level that you can only get from somebody who knows music mm -hmm. as an artist. What would your advice be to, like, young, like, up-and-coming artists or like anybody who wants to get into the music scene like what would be your advice to them yeah no, uh, to, always, to always do you who be yourself you know no mm -hmm. matter where you're at um the more genuine you are with this game the better it's going to treat you back you know people could spot it a mile away you know i could have artists coming in and like you don't even have to know what they look like you could hear what they sound like and you know it's not real mm -hmm. you know uh just be real be yourself uh and uh, recognize, a big thing is recognize your accent, recognize where you're from, recognize what sounds. You know, I see a lot of people, they try to rap in different languages that aren't theirs. And you know, when you're making a lot of grammatical mistakes and like you're, like, it doesn't sound good. It's not authentic. You know, yeah. like figure out who you are. That's not you. Mm -hmm. And people could hear it. And sometimes I hear some artists, I'm like, man, if you just did it in your native tongue, you would be able to hit this game so much harder, you know? And it goes for English, French people, any ethnicity, you know, it's a, do you, you know, you'll always see a better result. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's I've been in the booth where I've seen white guys drop and bombs. I'm like, no, oh. <laughs> like no, like don't do that, yeah. man. You know, and like, like I don't care. Like, it doesn't make sense. You know, and like, you you, you got to really just be straight with your stuff, and um, you know, definitely pay attention to production. Pay attention to how you release when you release, how you display yourself, how you brand yourself, because every time you release a piece of content whether it be something on instagram whether it be a song that's mm -hmm. going to be somebody's first impression mm -hmm. every time you drop something so you True. know how do you want people to see you because eventually you know you run out of these people in your direct circle and those are going to be the biggest ones to boost you up yeah that's where you start the growth right yeah what do you think is better for an artist to like make people wait and then release something like and have like like kind of like, like what J. Cole is doing, for example, right? Or someone like a Drake, for example, where he's like always putting shit out, you know? Like what do you think it's, is better for like a, an artist that's starting out? I'd say consistency is key. Okay. You know, but don't release to the point where you're starting to lack in production. Okay. You know, Quality. but you know, there's always this middle ground where they say, you know, what's the recipe here? There's no recipe. Well, I've seen this guy. He popped off off of just doing a little thing on his iPhone. Why mm -hmm. do I have to go spend? It doesn't happen like that for everybody. And especially if you're in Montreal, it's very low chances of happening. You know, yeah. people that are doing that, that do pop off on that kind of thing, have the thousands of people around them. We don't have that. You know, like it's a very, when you think about population, it's a lot smaller here. You yeah. know, and we're not a small city, but we're no. not a big city. Yeah. And we're not and as big as a lot of people think we are. We have a huge culture and art for our city. Mm -hmm. That's undoubtable. But, geez, like, you know, it's not comparable. Yeah. And there's for some reason, like, when artists do start kind of getting hyped here, Montreal, like, doesn't really, like, they kind of not turn on them, but, like, they don't, like, there's always a lot of shit talking involved. Like, oh, like, look at this guy, fuck this guy, you know? But as soon as they start popping off, like, somewhere else, and then they come back to Montreal, then, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, this guy's sick, you know? Build the bridge, you know? This is, this is like, anywhere, though. You know, the people who don't know you show you the most support. The people who know you are tired of your chicks. <laughs> they heard it all. They've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So that's why you'll always see um, outside people supporting more. Like, when people go outside, that's when people change and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? But at the end of the day, uh, I would always say that people want the most of your success. They just want to see you put in it. And when people say like, oh, you'll support Drake, but you won't support the local rapper. Well, look at what Drake's putting out and look at what the local rapper's putting out. You know, yeah. you could tell who put in that time for the production. And the guys who do put in time for their production do get that support from their city. Mm -hmm. You know, but I see a lot of guys, they drop these little street videos and wonder why no one supports them and say that, oh, our city's just a bunch of haters. Nobody fucks with the artists. That's not true. Yeah. You our just... city loves music. Our city loves artists in English and French, but they just need to see production. They need to see them doing something. They see them caring about their craft. Yeah. And that goes right back to it. If you want to do it, you're going to want to do it yourself. And you can only you can tell yourself that this is what you want. You're so, competing with what's being put out around the world. Of course. Versus what and now with Instagram, YouTube, everyone sees what's being put around the world. You have something to be compared to. Exactly. Make that, yourself comparable. I think like the problem is what tends to happen is that they're competing with other artists in Montreal and they're not looking at the global stage and like that's where they're fucking up because like obviously you can make a music video look better than the guy in Montreal, for example, right? But sure. like you shouldn't be comparing yourself to that guy. Never. You know, um, you shouldn't really be comparing yourself to anyone, but you should understand 
the the level of production that these people are putting in right um a lot of people they're like oh this guy he's popping he's only 16 da, da, da. it doesn't matter everyone pops at their own time at the end of the day you know if you're doing what you love you're doing you it will succeed you just have to have that consistency and you have to have a constant workflow that's it yeah yeah we're um and most importantly you always gotta make way <laughs> Weird. bro well i appreciate you coming um i'm really glad we connected yeah for sure and like i hope we do get to do work uh, outside of this studio in the, in the for future. sure i would be down uh, to definitely see your, your, your mind state and uh, yeah. you look like you're very ambitious so to have people mm -hmm. like this on the team we're always looking to grow so yeah I'm, I'm definitely interested in like doing projects with you and stuff like that it'll be fucking sick yeah for sure uh for post-covid times whatever it, is. it looks like it's happening soon for uh, yeah the dudes did you birthday. get vaxxed yet <laughs> no no did you get your appointment no. Are you an anti-vaxxer? Um, I'm not gonna <laughs> speak about that. <laughs> Come on, give me some, give me some clickbait. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, don't worry, it's all good. Um, but yeah, so if you want, you can do like an outro or like, you know, I know, I know you have a tattoo of Makeway. I had an idea of you like walking up to the camera with the tattoo. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I'll tell you one cool thing about this tattoo. Actually, is me, CB43, and DJ Despair. When we did a trip out to Nova Scotia for a couple shows, we ended up at one of Despair's uh, buddy's crib, and he does tattooing out of a truck. Okay. Showed us the whole truck, everything. He's like, yeah, I travel all through Canada, I do tattoos, that are mm -hmm. done. Right now, we actually have something going on. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's up? He's like, well, we got this promo. I'm like, well, what's the promo? He's like, well, it's uh, rap for your tat, sing for your ink. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, well, you about to get fucking have to do my whole sleeve. Because yeah. you don't know what you just got yourself into. He's like, ah, well, you know, we can work out something. So he said, all of us started talking with each other. You know, um, let's all get our company, company logos tatted. Mm -hmm. You know, so we all got it done. Uh, even uh, the, the guy, uh, he was like, well, uh, now you got a rap. You know, so as I was getting it tattooed, I was spitting for the guy. Oh, like, so is while you're getting tatted? Huh? It's while you're getting tired. While I was getting tired, I was rapping. Uh, my other boys didn't rap there. Yeah, CP yeah. wasn't spitting bars. But, right, right. Um, CP's just snapping pictures like a ninja. pictures, doing the thing. We have yeah. some great shots of that. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was a little, it was an experience, you know, to really say like, yo, like this is our bread and butter right here. This is what yeah. we've been doing, all all three of us. Like, let's lay it down, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's my only tattoo I have. Yeah, um, and you like really committed for that. Too. That's like a nice big piece. Yeah, know? for sure. Um, I haven't thought of other pieces, um, but I know no matter what happens, uh, it's make way till I die. Like this has been like my my bread and butter. Uh, I've built it up from from the basement, you know, to what Legit, it is today, yeah. and uh, it just feels great to like just have that behind me and something that I could always say like, you know, I built this, this is like my creation and like I would love to have as many people come by and enjoy it and, mm -hmm. you know, benefit off of what I've done for the music community. And what's beautiful about like a big project like that is like a lifelong project, you know, like Makeway is always going to be becoming better and like bigger, you know, and like it's not like you're, you get something done and you're like, oh, okay, that's it for Makeway, you know what I mean? So that's, that's it. I'm yeah. excited to see where Mickey goes to. Ah, uh, thanks, man. Uh, and you know, if we could break into the states, uh, guarantee for um, sure. Have it, have Mickey. I guarantee Montreal ain't losing me out there. You know, I always bring everything right back, and it's always been noticed. It's always been a thing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we we gotta hold it down for our city. There's so many artists coming up here that deserve that platform. For that sure. deserve to be able to be brought up just like they're getting brought up in these other places. Mm -hmm. And uh, it all, like I said, all starts with the studio.
Mm. Um, a lot of artists will tell you that. A lot of people in the biz will always tell you the best place to network, the best place to come together always happens in the studio. Mm -hmm. This is where the creative juices are flowing. Mm. So to have a good environment for this, which there's maybe about two spots in Montreal that I even have a close to good environment, mm. you know, it's uh, it's hard, you know? So me being able to create this and even have a studio B location for another studios that are coming up to have a good area to showcase their business and everything, mm -hmm. like, I love that. I've brought up uh, about four studios to this point. That's it. Like, uh, I don't see it as competition. How do we help each other? Yeah, you grow, you grow together for sure. You grow as one. Yeah, anyone who tells me they're starting a studio in Montreal, I tell them good luck. You know, mm -hmm. and if they want to do anything with me or in my studio, you're yeah, more like than welcome. Yeah, you would give them advice and everything, yeah. Yeah, I respect that for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for coming, dude. Well, Steph, low-key MTO. That's it. Thanks for having me.